Hey guys, before we get started today, we wanted to take a minute to thank you, the listener, for tuning in and proving you have a growth mindset. Our mission is to curate information from the top influencers around the world. We provide you with real, actionable steps on how to improve in all areas of your life, whether you own a business, are a C-suite exec, have an entrepreneurial mindset, or you're just starting your journey of self-development. Professional development is all about growth, and if you're not growing, you're dying. If you enjoy this content, please help us help others by liking, sharing, and subscribing. Here we go. Hey guys, welcome to the Professional Development Podcast. Today is Wednesday, July 21st, uh, and we have in the studio just just me and Bob uh, with our new sponsor, Rain Energy Brought to you by Rain. Yeah. Make it rain on them hoes. If you're watching on YouTube, they're officially our new sponsor, unofficially. Hopefully we can't get sued for that. Yeah. Well, we might. Okay. That's okay. Uh, Worst things have happened. So we've got a, uh, Bob and I are going to come in probably with a a quicker episode, but we're going to talk about something uh, in, I guess that we haven't really had a full episode on. And because we always talk about like the financial perspective and how to build your business uh, and things that you can do to be more efficient and more effective in your work. But today we're going to talk about mental health. And I think it's, uh, it's something that everybody, you know, whether you're a business owner, C-suite executive, whether you're, you know, just getting started on your entrepreneurial path, like um, everybody should worry about it, right? It doesn't matter what it is that you're doing. And it's something that really goes uh, kind of like an unsung hero, in my opinion, right? For sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, th- I mean, mental health is massive and not enough people are talking about it and people suffer from it every day and people yep. just aren't, they're not doing anything about it, not taking any action on it. And that's why it, we want to bring it some light to it today. Yeah, for sure. Uh, before we get into that, uh, we're just going to kind of, um, you know, talk about what's going on. What's new in your world? Well, do you want to talk about how the sun suck? And how Giannis is a beast. Uh, so I don't necessarily think the Suns suck, but yeah, Giannis is an absolute. Animal. I mean, he literally hyperextended his knee in game like six against the Atlanta Hawks, and they were thinking he was going to be out the rest of the playoffs. Yeah. And then comes in like limping game one, and then just drops forty night after night on the Suns after going down two zero, and Dude. then they lose four. They win four straight. The Bucks win four straight. Yeah, and party in Milwaukee. Dude's unstoppable. Uh, and. Yeah, I, so that Suns and Forward guy is like <laughs> punching himself in the face right now. Dude, the the new meme is uh, going around is him holding up the four. Yeah, and uh, it says <laughs> how many uh, how many straight games did the Bucks win? And it's the Suns guy it's with four. The four. Yeah, so that's <sighs> been going around the internet. Yeah. Pretty awesome that he got famous on that. Though. I mean, the, he came on- out with an a- there was an action figure that a. Uh, like a local company came up with and it was going out to bid for like 10 grand on eBay. Dude, so I didn't know Phoenix goes hard, like in terms of like their fan base. Well, only when they're good, probably. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess anybody. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like St. Louis with the Blues. We went really hard. I mean, we're a good hockey town. Don't we're, get me wrong. Yeah, we're a good sports town in general, right? Uh, but I guess, uh, yeah, any any city would. But there was like celebrities coming out. Like I didn't know so many had houses in Arizona. Dude, everyone lives in Arizona, I feel like. Yeah. Good weather out there, but uh, but yeah, the the Bucks are national champions, which this you know I guess we'll we'll stick to professional development, right? I, we're not a sports podcast. I don't know, <laughs> we're not a sports podcast, but uh, that is something that's relevant. So, and yeah. Giannis, after dropping fifty on the Suns last night, went to go pick up a fifty-piece McNugget from McDonald's. I don't even know if that's a thing that you can actually get or not, but he was in the drive-through and there was a lady standing out there and he's like, not 49 in his Greek accent, not 51. He's like a 50 piece McNugget. Yeah. 
And then he ordered a drink with half lemonade, half Sprite. That was which was that was the most questionable part about about that. You know, it's like to me, yeah, go fucking ham, fifty piece chicken, like do your thing. But you know, he has half Sprite and half lemonade. Weird. That's weird. Combo. That's super weird. Yeah. Um, it's too much. It is too much. Right. Like it's a lot of sugar. I don't know. I mean, he earned it. I guess he doesn't have much to do the next day. He was probably. I don't know if I don't know if he drinks or not. He doesn't seem like someone that would. He's pretty disciplined. Yep. And yeah. he's pretty spot on on all the mental health stuff. So we don't have, I don't have a ton of stuff on Giannis today on that, but he is hyper-focused on himself. For which sure. Is, which is cool. He is. He's an absolute beast and he's straight shreds up. Like but the dude's fucking jack. He is so ripped. And he was not always ripped. No. If you see some of his early years in the NBA, he, I mean. Pretty scrawny. He's been getting after it. But, so, I mean, not a lot that wanted to talk on on with that stuff. So I guess, Matt, you you have a couple things that are actually really relevant right now in today. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how many of you, if you're a business owner and you're trying to hire, I'm sure you've read this article. If not, it's uh, it's been buzzing around probably the past three or four weeks called The Great Resignation. So in April, there was a record of 4 million people that quit their jobs. Uh, Everybody is leaving, right? I, I think it's got... Um, I think part of it has to do with some companies are going back to in office work and some people don't want to do that. Whether it's like, hey, I don't feel safe or I'm, hey, I'm going to say I don't feel safe, but I'm actually just kind of a fucking Lazy as fuck. soft and I don't want to fucking <laughs> get up and have to be forced to actually do something for and eight hours. I'm just going to get paid unemployment. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are doing it for more money, right? You know, and I, I will say like, I'm sure it gave a lot of people perspective during the pandemic. Like, hey, like I have this time with my family. Like, and if that's the case, like I get it. And, and I will never tell anybody not to leave a job. Like I'm in the recruiting world. I, I'll never tell anybody to not leave a job if they're unhappy. Um, but to these people, I really feel like these people that are jumping just for a paycheck. I mean- let me preface it this way, right? If you're underpaid and overworked, go out there and fucking get your bag, right? Like do your thing. But if things aren't that bad and you're literally just jumping for a paycheck, it's going to come back to fucking bite you in the ass. Like the job market's going to even out at some point over time. And if you're in that company and you get a job because you get $20,000 more than their current employees are already making and something happens to that company, who do you think is going to be the first to be let go? It's going to be the first people, the last people that were in, because the last people were in, they're going to show the least amount of loyalty to. And it's going to be the people that are fucking overpaid for what it is that they do. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm not opposed to people going out and getting what they want. Like, we promote that. But it's like, man, um, the pandemic, I know, did something to a lot of people that I don't even necessarily want to just call it like, oh, it made you lazy, even though it could be labeled as that. It's like, it's it's... Don't be feel like you're entitled to like anything that you want because there was a long period of time that people didn't go to work. And I'm not saying it like coming at you. I'm saying like it'll come back and fucking bite you in the ass. So that's my take. Yeah, no, there's, I mean, there is a lot of value in sticking it out with an employer. And like you said, like, hey, go get yours. We want people to go get theirs. Maybe what they do instead of going to try and find a job while while they may not be happy with how much money they make, maybe that's when they work on their side hustle. They have that extra time available. That's great. Hey, work from home, hang out with your family, 
Um, spend more time with your dog. Like, there's literally people who have said that to me. It's like, I've got to spend more time with my dog, which is cool. Like, dogs are great. But at the end of the day, you have more time now to focus on other things that you want to focus on, whether it's whether it's making more money or um, focusing more on your physical health or some other some other aspect that is important to you. Um, For sure. That blows my mind that there's that many people that are job hopping or just quitting they might be quitting to go on unemployment yeah i think that shit's about run out for the last i checked i know there's like a significant significantly less right now i I know it's like not completely out but it's significantly less now people are probably to the point where it's like okay go to work especially like the lower paying jobs which i don't necessarily blame them you know it's like go to work and then nobody first off nobody wants to work at the fucking restaurant jobs nobody wants to work at the minimum wage jobs so the people that are going to work are overworked like a motherfucker. Like they've got to handle everything. So I don't necessarily blame those people, um, but just understand that at some point this is going to even out and people and organizations are going to reward loyalty in the long run. Um, And that's not to say again, that you should fucking stick with a company forever. But you know, if you're not working right now, you better have a backup plan of what you want to do going forward because once the market evens out, it's going to be really difficult for you to find a position when you haven't been working for over a year. No doubt, dude. Yeah. And you're, you have no momentum built up into that too. It's so hard to start over no matter what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember whenever I, I mean, recently, obviously, you completed 75 hard. And I remember the first day that we all went in and did that. That first day was so hard because I hadn't done any of those things all in a row, yep. like on any of those days. So figuring out what my first workout was, was beyond stressful. Yep. Can you imagine someone going back into the office and having to work nine to five, not working nine to five for yeah. an entire year like how, and like, wondering what they're supposed to do with people themselves? People are going to be like, how the fuck did I get laundry done? And they're going to also wonder, why can't I wear pajamas yeah. to work? Why can't I wear flip-flops? No, right. we got to burn the flip-flops. You burn the sweatpants. You put on a nice pair of pants. Yeah. And you get your ass in the office. There you go. Fucking tell them. So that's uh, that's my two cents. Uh, I, it's a super interesting to me. And um, I mean, there's literally, I think ZipRecruiter posted this, there's 700,000 sales jobs in America listed alone. That's one industry. Um, it's the, the, you know, there's more jobs than ever in record history. So it's it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. And I really believe that the people that are working their ass off right now in a time when it's easy to be lazy are going to come out ahead. So my two cents on that. Let's get into the the topic, which is, again, mental health. So let's start with quotes. Bobby, what do you got? So I have a quote from a recent guest uh, with Connor Beaton, and I actually shared this whenever he posted it. It is, you have to do the work. No one is going to do it for you. No one is going to deal with your childhood shit. No one is going to fix your unhealthy relational patterns. No one is going to heal you from the outside. You must do it from the inside. And I shared this whenever he posted it uh, just a, a couple weeks ago because it makes a lot of sense. People usually want to look at external things to help solve their problems. Like, oh, I'd be happier if I was in a relationship, if I found someone who loved me, if um, I had this car, if I had this job, if I accomplished this with my job, this in my personal life. And they're not focusing on the things that they really need to do to fix themselves and face a lot of their demons. Um, and that, I mean, dude, that stems from anything that they, anything that causes them to feel any sort of fear, anxiety, guilt, depression, stress. If they aren't addressing those different things, they're not going to get any better. So I love that quote from Connor. Yeah, um, I think you, 
it comes down to everything that we embody, right? Like you ultimately are going to have to fix yourself. And I think part of it for people, and we'll dive into this a little bit later, is just like the realization that you can do something about that side or bringing awareness that that side even exists. For sure. So my quote uh, isn't as deep, but I, uh, it was <laughs> I just, it. it was an Arnold Palmer quote and it's golf is a game of inches. Uh, the most important are the six inches between your ears. And to me, uh, that is not about golf, right? That is about everything in life. That is about work. That is about your relationships, right? It's about how you handle yourself, how you handle stressful situations, um, how you handle when shit hits the fan or things don't go your way. Um, it's all in between your ears. It's all under your control. And most of it is habitual. And most of it stems from something that, you know, you developed over time as a kid uh, or influenced by. But at the end of the day, going back to what you talked about, it's like you ultimately have that control. There's so many things that we just habitually do day after day after day. And we don't ever stop to think, why do I do this when I wake up? Why do I do this before I go to bed? Why do I do this midday? Why do I come home and crack a beer? Why do I, before I go to bed, I just scroll through and watch a bunch of TikToks. Why do I wake up and scroll through Facebook? Yep. No one's addressing anything like that. Yeah. So do you have any, uh, and this is a new one, and I want to start doing it after the quotes, is do you have any book suggestions related to mental health before we dive into? Do you have any? Yeah. So, well, I mean, the big book that I have, and I have a couple quotes from there today or just some just some things to address, but uh, I mean, Relentless Solution Focus with Jason Selk. And, and it's so it's so focused on the trying to come up with solutions, right? And the fact that we're going to have problems each and every single day. And mm -hmm. the whole book is about just coming up with solutions to those. And I think his book, I mean, we obviously had him on the podcast uh, a few months back. And then we had Dr. Ellen Reed yep. on the podcast as well. Um, that episode was great as well. So I think that's one of my favorite books. And it doesn't necessarily, I don't know. I think people think of mental health and they, they honestly, they run from it. Like they see an episode like this and they don't listen to it because they're like, oh, I don't want to address those kinds of things. That's really tough. Right. I can address my physical appearance because it's outward um, versus actually having to take an inside look at this. So I think RSF, Relentless Solution Focus, really um, helps people apply what's going on in their life and figure out how they can be happier people. Oh, yeah. And if you haven't listened to that podcast or you haven't read Dr. Jason Selk's book, I mean— He's a badass. Like it, it's everything about that book is so, so, so good. I loved his book. It was always one of my favorites uh, was Executive Toughness. And Relentless Solution Focus is better. Like it's just more direct. It's it's simple, profound, like it, which is like a cliche thing to say, but literally like it's the same principles ingrained in you over and over again and explained in a different way. And he actually talks about like why he does that in the book. Uh, because of channel capacity and because like it takes so much time for somebody like to actually like have something ingrained in their brain to where they actually uh, absorb it. But talking about mental toughness from everything from the executive all the way down to the professional athlete, like that is an awesome book. So uh, in terms of mental health in this book, there's actually a book that um, is kind of a one-on-one to meditation called 10% Happier by Dan Harris. Dan Harris is, I want to say an NBC News anchor. Uh, he's got a podcast now called 10% Happier and all this other shit, but um, he essentially takes the, uh, well, I guess just to kind of give a little background on him, he was just like his huge partier on the weekends, but also a workaholic during the week. 
And so, you know, he was doing like Coke and ecstasy every weekend and drinking and partying and up, but like still like very functional at work and was working 60, 70 plus hours a week. Uh, They put him on air one time and he had like a panic attack, like live on air and started freaking out. Um, Started realizing he he had high blood pressure, high anxiety, like all this other shit. And so you'll hear a story about how he circles back to meditation, but it takes like the, it takes the woo-woo bullshit out of meditation. Like it takes the ums and ums and uh, incense and robes and uh, gongs out of meditation. And it, and it, it uh, what? <laughs> the gongs. I don't, I, I need more gongs in my life. Yeah, dude, you don't have gongs when you I, meditate? Zero gongs. Ah, uh, dude, you're not fucking doing it right. All right, well, I'll buy some on Amazon <laughs> after this. But he takes out all the things that are people or just don't understand and, and really puts some science behind it, right? Like if you look back to like the 1950s, if you went for a run, people would look at you and be like, who are you running from or who's chasing you, right? Because nobody understand or understood the benefits of um, of cardiovascular exercise and conditioning. And now if you look at it, there's more and more science coming out about the benefits of meditation. And we'll, we'll dive into it a little bit, like really service level. But if you are looking for a story, a, a book, it's an easy read. It's actually got a really good narrative and isn't too much but has like a little bit of like tactical, like you can apply it. 10% happier, Dan Harris. Love that book. I read that book. That was one of the first books that I read um, last year whenever I started 75 Hard. Oh, really? Yeah, great yeah. book. It's a solid one. Um, so let's go into, let's start with you, Bob. Like what does mental health mean to you? Which is a very loaded question. Yeah, it is for sure. So um, as far as mental health to me, I mean, it's it's so much about before... I went through everything that I changed over this past year. Um, I thought of mental health as just like doing things. For me, it was like, like I'm going to go out and play golf and drink 12 beers and I'm going to relax today. And like, that wasn't, that wasn't making me better at all. And uh, now whenever I think of mental health and things that I actually am trying to do to make me, I, I see it as getting better somehow, some way. And um, taking care of your brain is is really important because a lot of people suffer from things like mental illness, whether it's be anxiety, depression, or you think veterans who have PTSD, things like that. Um, and anyone, anyone can have PTSD. It's not all war veterans, but that's where it's most commonly associated. So um, for me, I, I really just think it's all about taking care of yourself and um, honestly auditing and uh, really just auditing yourself and where where your head's at in terms of like, all right, like where's my head at today? What am I thinking about? Am I talking positively about to myself? Am I talking negatively and actually evaluating where you're at on a day-to-day basis? So it's become more important to me more now than it ever has been. And um, that's really what I think about it, man. What about you? Yeah, so for this one, um, I took an extremely lazy route and okay. I pulled the definition off the internet. <laughs> um I will not deny that part of the fact was because I was very lazy about this question. But when I read this, I really felt like it embodied what mental health is. So the definition I had was a state of well-being in which the individual realizes his or her own abilities, can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively and fruitfully, and is able to make contribution to his or her community, right? Um, 
I think that's good. You know what I mean? I think it's it, it kind of hits on most of the points when you think of mental health because I think a lot of it is coping with stresses. Like everybody has stress in their life and your your ability to deal with this shit is your ability to work productively, right? Because there's shit that's going to hit the fan. You're going to have problems. Everyone's going to go through shit, but it's your ability to work through that stuff. Uh, and when that stuff does come up, it's also understanding that things are going to be okay. Uh, I think when you err on the the opposite side, on the wrong side of mental health, those things come up and you're not able to function, right? Like all you can do is harp on those things. And, and as humans, we have this incredibly toxic like trade, which forces us, not forces us, but like when we are either in one of two states, we're either like festering about something that happened in the past or we have all this anxiety about something that's going to happen in the future instead of just like putting one foot in front of the other when things are going wrong. So I think that um, I think that definition pretty much embodies it for me. I love that. I, so many people are not taking it. It, it comes down to accountability um, as far as just are they taking accountability for their own actions? And um, it's it goes back, a lot of this will relate to Selk's book, right? He talks about problems and uh, the quote in there that I love is that people love to talk about their problems because it makes them feel like they understand something at a very deep level without actually having to take any accountability for them. Yep. And uh, to me, like that's, and you go, if you think about it, there's like another just line from the book there is like, if you think about psychiatrists, someone goes to go see a psychiatrist and they have, um, they have all these problems. Like their first instinct is to, um, tr they're trained on the medical model where it's, okay, here's a pill that you need to take. Here is anti-anxiety. Here's anti-depression yep. medicine versus focusing on how to actually fix that yourself. And like, all right, like I literally have the ability to change the way that my brain thinks. I can control those emotions if I am solution focused. And one of the things that just blows my mind is that um, biological depression occurs in roughly 10% of the population, like actual biological depression yep. is in 10% of the population. And in 2016, an NBC News report showed that roughly one in six Americans were taking antidepressants and that each year those numbers are increasing, meaning that at that time in 2016, five years ago, more than 40 million people were taking medication unnecessarily. Yep. Those are people that are out on the fucking road. This, like, you think about all the shit that's happened in our society from the school shootings to just, I mean, people acting irrationally on the road or people acting irrationally in general at, in the workplace. Like, you just have all this bullshit that's happening around you. And it's all because, like, not all, but a big part of it is because people are being prescribed medicine when they shouldn't be and they're not focusing on fixing their own shit. Dude, uh, before I. Cheers, wanna, cheers to that. Let's get wasted. We're taking a shot right drinks. now. Woo! So. I can't even take two big swigs of something like this anymore. No? Just water. No, that means you're... A pussy? Wow. Man, I wasn't going to say that. Sorry, um, female listeners. Shoot, Rich, do we need to cut that out? Unbelievable, Is that, is that offensive? Uh, but... Are no, you cutting me off? To go... Is that why yeah. you're taking the glass away <laughs> yeah, from no, me? Or for you. <laughs> um, no, I'll end up breaking it. So... That's probably a good idea. So I, I actually didn't even think about that when we were when talking about mental health. And I agree 100%. Like, you know, it, with people taking medications. Now, I obviously believe that there is a need um, for medication and medicine. And I, I guess I should preface it with, in case you don't know, that I'm not a doctor, right? Even though I, don't, I did go to school for six years, like <laughs> I just got a bachelor's degree. All right, Van Wilder. Yeah. So, but... <laughs> 
Um, but what I do know is that the more and more I read uh, and learn about like what we can do, like mental healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing, like most medicines are a Band-Aid, right? Most medicines will cover up a problem so you can't really see it at the time, right? Um, so I really believe focusing on your mental health side can fix a lot of the issues that you're doing. I mean, everything, like, I'm not just talking about the, like, depression, which is huge. Like, if it can help depression, like, 100% or anxiety, mm-hmm. like, those things are huge. But, like, things, doing things like meditating, like, that's been known to cure, like, physical ailments. Like, like IBS and fucking, like, acid reflux. Like, there's data out there that actually shows that doing that stuff improves the overall wellness of your body. It's the it's our society's just version of wanting instant gratification, no matter what it is. It's that it's that dopamine hit of I just took a Xanax and I'm now going to feel better. It's the pulling up Facebook and seeing that I have a notification and scrolling through all this other people's shit. It's that it's the instant gratification that this provides. Dopamine, and no dopamine, one is, dopamine. And no one is taking any time to try and figure out how to build that dopamine. It's the long-term effect of being solution-focused and and meditating and trying to just take take accountability for the way that you feel versus just popping a pill and calling it good. Yeah, and it's it's so bad. So I was actually thinking about this the other day, and or I, I think I was listening to um, the guy who wrote Atomic ha- Atomic Habits. I haven't read the book, but he was on a podcast that I was listening to, and he was like sitting there, and as he was talking, and I was in the car, he was talking about like how little habits affect you and how it's just like you have this habit of just pulling out your phone at whatever's happening, like yada, yada, yada to get, you know, whatever, that dopamine or instant gratification or whatever it is that'll lead you down a road to X, Y, and Z. And as he's doing it, it's like I'm at a stoplight and I'm automatically grabbing my phone and being like trying to fucking listen to him, but that's not enough. So I'm checking Instagram or whatever the fuck like it is. And uh, I'm guilty of it too. Yeah, and everybody's, everybody's guilty of it. But- I agree. You know, I agree that I, I don't think it's like the end all be all. I, I don't think it's, you know, I'm not saying anybody stop taking medicine, but I, I would say if there's an opportunity for you to fix it yourself, I would try that. Um, Absolutely. Again, not a doctor. <laughs> not a doctor, but seriously, try and fix your own shit before you just rely on popping a pill. Yeah. Uh, so what are, in your opinion, what are some of the best ways that you can work on your mental health? And I guess kind of a sub question, what led you to starting those practices? Sure. So um, I have, well, I have kind of a story. It's not about me, uh, but I just want to give a quick story on that. And then I can give you some ideas of like what I'm doing, but I think this is relevant. So I have a friend who's uh, been through some um, pretty major health stuff over the last like year and a half or so. And I met with her uh, this past week and I hadn't seen her in a couple of years. And uh, we were sitting there talking and we were just opening up completely. I um, I hadn't seen her in a couple of years. Um, and she came in and was telling me all the stuff that she had going on. So naturally, I'm, I'm naturally a pretty open person. I have no problem telling my story. And uh, I shared mine with her and she told me that she was prescribed all this medication and she had like her thyroid removed and um, all these other health issues that was going on. She was in and out of the hospital and they prescribed, they said, hey, one of the side effects of this medicine that we're giving you is anxiety. So we're going to go ahead and give you this medication. 
So she was on all these different medications and she asked them to take her off of the anxiety medicine. She said, I can control my emotions and I can control my brain. I'm going to figure out how to do it on my own. So one of the things that she implemented was breath work. And she started like, there's different breathing exercises, right? You, mm-hmm. um, you can breathe in for seven seconds, hold it for three, and then uh, release really slowly for eight seconds. And she would do that for like a minute and she could change her blood pressure by 20, 30 points. Yeah, just by breathing versus taking a pill and relying on something like that to control those different things. So there's people that are going through certain things like that and continue to take medication. And then there's someone like my friend who said, hey, I'm going to figure this out myself. Now, personally, um, it's kind of changed for me over the course of the last six months as far as what I've done to make myself feel better. I think that I get a big dopamine and serotonin rush from uh, lifting um, that's been one thing, even just going for walks or going for a hike, something like that. Um, now, those are those are things where if you're not addressing things that are going on in your head, they don't really matter. But um, it does, I mean, it's it, it kind of gives me an opportunity to just get some of that energy out where I usually wouldn't be able to. No, and it's, before. It, it's interesting, like as, as much as I am into it, I didn't even write that. Like exercise is 100% a way to improve your mental health. For sure. Like getting out, and it, it, it actually... Uh, from my understanding, has similar benefits to the breath work, right? Because it's pumping oxygen into yourself, right? And, it, and it, doing it in different ways, for sure. But the whole idea is like oxidating, uh, oxidation, I, I believe. Again, not a doctor, so I might have made that word up. And a scientist. Yes. Uh, but uh, the idea, there's a ton of mental uh, and not just the physical benefits of, of exercise, no matter what it is. Even little things, like as much as getting out for a walk, can drastically improve your mood. And I have been there. I have done that. Like throughout 75 hard, it's like I would go and I'd be like, I don't want to fucking do my second workout, but I'm obviously going to fucking do it. Like, fuck the world. Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck this old lady that's walking by me. Like, I don't give a fuck. She's so fast. (laughs) and And then I would do the walk. And by the end of it, I'm fucking like, you know, singing along to the radio on my ride home. And I feel that much better. Um, so yeah, exercise is a really good one. Yeah, I think I think you have to find what works for you. It's going to be different for everyone, but uh, exercise is massive. Um, and then other than that, just trying, trying to find something that makes you happy that's not like actively not good for you. Like people are like, oh, treat yourself. Uh, self-care, they'll put self-care and then themselves with an entire pint of Ben and Jerry's, which don't get me wrong, I will house some yeah. Ben and Jerry's. And Ben and Jerry's does make me happy, but it does not get me closer to any fitness goals yeah. that I have. Right. So trying to do trying to do something that is going to actually get you closer to your goals is something that I'd recommend. But so what did you have for, for yours? What are you doing? So meditation, yeah, I talked about the book and that's probably one that I'll stick with throughout the entirety of this episode. And it's, um, I don't remember. I think honestly a breakup led me to it and not like, I think like I after a breakup, I was just doing a lot more reading and a lot more trying to better myself. And I came across a book that said meditation and I kept saying it. So it popped up and I tried it. I mean, a few of the things meditation does reduces stress, controls anxiety, uh, cortisol levels. But overall, like Google it. If you haven't yet, just Google it. Click one of the first things that pop up and they're all going to say the same thing. It will improve your mental health. Uh, and what I talked about earlier, like I said, we can get to these ruts where a majority of our, our waking hours are either experience anxiety uh, about something that's coming up in the future or really harping on some dumb shit in the past. I know this because I fucking do it. Like I've had days where it's just like, that's all like from the minute I wake up, 
I'm worried about something that's going on. And then like, as I'm going along, I'm beating myself because I didn't do something earlier. Um, meditation is a practice of like being present minded. You know what I mean? So it will, and it's a very like overused term, but it's true, right? Because no matter how shitty or stressful things are, the only thing we can control is what we're doing right now in this moment. So it's it's learning to like understand that you are here in the physical present and understanding that like, you know, whatever it is, like wiggle your toes, take a breath, you know what I mean? Like understanding that it's like you things aren't as bad as they are and things can get better because sometimes they're really big things, sometimes they're smaller things that we let it eat us alive. And you know, we talked about it. It's like these are, there's times where you're sitting there in the shower and you're fucking do, having that argument you know, with that person that you think that you might meet later on and they might say something to call you out on some shit that you probably even, like, didn't even give a fuck about. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like whenever you were running past those guys at Dukes who were eyeing you down, they were yeah. Just, so I mean, my last you and in your head you were just kicking their ass and my la- yeah, my last, my last, them. my last day of 75 hard, I okay? Love story. Is story. Is the, <laughs> it's my last workout that I'm ever doing. And it's like, <laughs> and I've never been, and I've always been in pretty good shape, but I've never been a guy that's like, ran with his shirt off and I was like, damn, I was like, there's a chance that I might not ever be as like jacked as I am right now, ever, right? You know, like, I hope not. Like, I'm, I'm planning on doing it again, but there's a chance. And so I'm like, fuck it. I'm gonna run my dog with shirt off. And so I'm like, it's Friday night and I'm fucking running past these guys outside of a, a you know, a bar by my house. And these guys are fucking pretty big dudes. And they're like sitting there drinking the hand, like smoking a cigarette. And they're like looking me, like eyeing me up and down. And it's like, and I was sitting there and I'm like, and I wanted to fucking say something because one, like not like I could have whooped their ass because they were a lot bigger than me, but I already already had momentum going. (laughs) So I knew like it was really unlikely that they would actually fucking catch me. But I'm like sitting there for like 10 minutes after that run, as I'm continuing running, like, fuck are those guys looking at? Why are they looking at me? Like, why are they fucking laughing? Like, what, like, what the fuck? And I'm like sitting there, I'm like, how did I just spend 15 minutes of my run thinking about these fucking douchebags, which are actually are probably nice guys. And for all I know, they could have been looking behind me at some fucking girl that was walking up to the bar. They were checking you out for sure. They could have been. They could have been. But we do that a lot. I mean, it, it, anyone who's listening to this, think about next time you have some sort of hypothetical run through your head. It could be a conversation that you're thinking you're going to have in the future. Or if this person says this, I'm going to come back with this this remark, you're wasting your time completely and you're you're not living in the present. So I yep. think that's really important. Yep. So uh, I guess one of the other things that I wanted to touch on, and Bobby, I'm sure, uh, in terms of like what you can do for your own mental health is talk about it to someone. Dude, fucking air that shit out. We all have problems. You know, we had Connor Beaton on. Uh, he talked about how men, like the number one rule of man is like, we don't want to talk about what it's like to be a man. I'm guilty. I'm so fucking guilty of this. Uh, and I don't know where it came from because I, I grew up with a single mom, but I'm sure somewhere along the line, I picked this up. And I, you know, what I know about myself is that I don't like talking about my problems because I don't like looking like I have problems. Like I really care what people think about me. So I don't like people to think that there's something wrong with me or anything wrong with me. You know, this is what happened when I got caught up with a bunch of fucking credit card debt, like when I was younger. You know, I was making a lot less money at a new job and I kept spending like I was making six-figure checks. Um, I didn't want people to know that I was making less money because I felt like people would think less of me. I didn't want to say no because I felt like by saying no, like people would know something was wrong. And also just because I was, I guess, a little bit 
immature, but I was like, what kind of man fucking makes less money? You know what I mean? Like I felt so down on myself, but it happens because I wouldn't address the reality of the situation. You know what I mean? That's like, sometimes it just takes talking to someone and I'm not talking like, it could be a friend, it could be a family member, it could be a therapist, like, you know, like, or, or whoever, but it's just like, you have to develop some radical candor with yourself in, in order to really understand what it is that you're feeling and the issues that you're going through. So I think just talking about it is, is huge. Yeah, and I mean, shoot, dude, we even did it uh, a couple of weeks ago after the pod. We stuck around for a little bit, and um, I know uh, I just was like, something, something feels off. Like let's let's rap about it, and uh, just ended up sitting there or standing there talking for a half hour about everything that was going on in our personal lives. Like I had bullshit happen with my family yep. that just made no sense to me whatsoever. And I, I mean, shoot, dude, I had, I had a little bit of an outburst yep. with some stuff with my family going on and you had your stuff going on too. And a lot of times people are just too proud to talk about that kind of stuff and they let it fester. And then that's when they end up having outbursts on other people. And you know, like that may have been a result of what happened with me versus addressing some of the things that I could have addressed. And now you're not going to solve your problems just by talking about them. Um, and that's one of the things that Selk talks about in his book is, hey, you can talk about your problems. He, he, his rule is that 10 minute timer, right? You flip over that timer and after 10 minutes is up, it's got to be solution focus. Yeah. And um, going through, I mean, shoot, going through just that, those different moments, like with my family and us having those different conversations, like now, I mean, my mindset has shifted. I'm not perfect by any means, by any stretch, stretch of the imagination. But uh, if people are willing to look at what their problems are and not just talk about them and actually say, all right, what's one thing that I can do to make this better? Mm -hmm. We're going to have a society full of people that are actually... Um, solution focus and they're releasing, their brain's releasing those good uh, chemicals, the dopamine, the serotonin, the norepinephrine yep. versus the cortisol, which is causing us to act irrationally. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, so I guess I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit. So sure. do you wanna talk about any of the personal benefits that you've reaped from working in these areas or do you wanna talk about what areas you would like to improve on? Mine's kind of a, a long game, right? I I got sober on June 23rd. Um, I guess June 29th, let's say, is the last time I had any sort of substance because I kept smoking pot after I stopped drinking mm -hmm. for six days. Mm -hmm. And uh, after after I stopped all of that, I mean, my, my focus was physical, right? So as I started focusing on I mean, when I started 75 hard then, um, it was a lot of mental toughness. It was doing something, being disciplined day in and day out. And for anyone who wants to work on something like their mental health, I don't want to say 75 hard is going to cure it, but it was my distraction that I needed in order to become more mentally tough. And then by the end of the year, um, I got more physically fit, right? I mean, I'll say one of the benefits of getting my mental health right was the fact that I dropped fucking 60 pounds. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Um, got my physical, I mean, got my physical body right so I could start working more on my mind. Um, and then once I became more physically fit, I mean, I'm a confident guy in general, but I became even more confident once I got back to where I wanted to be. And then um, since then, I uh, have been just incredibly solution focused after talking with uh, Jason Selk on the podcast, it's become so much more of not like, hey, I have these problems, but um, what am I going to do to fix those? And Selk talks about the nasty six, the fear, anger, depression, guilt, stress, and anxiety. And as I 
as I've encountered those um, over, I mean, shoot, I experience them every single day. There's no doubt that I, something like that happens every single day. And switching your mindset from just festering on those kind of things and letting those build up and then asking instead asking yourself, what's one thing that I can do to fix this has caused me to be happier. Um, and it's something that I've relayed on to my team. Um, I mean, I've, I got a promotion out of, uh, out of all this, in my opinion, honestly, if my mental health wasn't where it was, I don't think I'd have the opportunity to work in the capacity that I am. And I don't think that people in the organization or even some of my friends and my family would respect me nearly as much as they do now, just because of the changes that I've been able to make and pass those on to them. So that's been, that's been huge for me, man. I know that you've, had some leaps and bounds too. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think um, like in terms of like the mental health habits that I've formed or gone on and off with, I I think I was a lot better with the mental health uh, stuff a while ago. And not to say I've like completely gone away from it, but like when I was like really in the zone on like the meditations and the affirmations and like all the stuff that's like trying to fix my mindset, that's when I started, you know, like making the moves to start my own company, right? That's when I was starting to reach out to people and see like how they did certain things. Um, that's when I started to flip my life around. That's when I, my finances started turning around a little bit more. Um, so, and, and that was years ago. So it's like when I was on it, it was incredible. You know what I mean? Like uh, no, it's not like every day was perfect, but like I was on top of my shit and I made significant leaps since then uh, in most areas of my life. I'd say my level of meditation fitness right now is uh, kind of the equivalent of like to the fat lead in the gym, right? Like the guy, the guy that's Are like- Are you saying that the guy with 5% body fat sitting next to me right now is a fat lead? No, but <laughs> in terms of my meditation fitness, okay, yes. In my meditation fitness, like um, it's like that guy that's putting up a lot of weight. And so it's like, damn, dude, that's, that dude's strong. But you're like, you're also like, that dude hasn't touched a treadmill in years. You also housed a Big Mac before you came here and are going to house multiple Big Macs and if, once you yes. leave. And if Taco Bell doesn't hear from him in a few days, they're probably going to actually call him. You know what I mean? Like, so, which our buddy Brian, his brother Matt, uh, actually, it happened to when he started 75 are you talking about Hard. Furco? Yes. Our buddy Brian Furco, his brother started 75 Hard. And uh, his brother didn't go to Taco Bell for three days. Uh, that was right him? across. They called his cell phone <laughs> to make sure everything was okay. Would he call ahead his orders that yes. just in case there was a line? Yeah, he That's would call ahead his, his shit, um, which is hilarious. Irregular. Yes. At the T-Bell. Um, but, you know, I, I think we touched on a lot here and we're literally just scratching the surface. I, I do want to do more stuff that's uh, centered around the mental uh, and emotional side of things. Uh, I think that it's something that we don't hit on enough. And uh, there will be more podcasts like this. So before we go, we are, um, we um, have a, do we have an OnlyFans inquiry we, today? We, I, know, I know we've got a bank. We do have, we have a massive bank. So today's OnlyFans inquiry comes from Grace, last name omitted. She wants to know, why is Matt so afraid of commitment? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a real fucking even, question. I couldn't even say no. I That's we got that question. question. Grace wants to know why you're so afraid of commitment. I don't think fucking. Next question. I, you know what? Well, you must. Do you have another one? Inappropriate. Grace. You must. You must have another one then. Yeah, um, I do. This you'll address you know, that one later. You know what? Do you uh, know this? Who who is Grace? I don't know. The blessing. Rich, can you cut that? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it, Rich. Uh, so wait, yeah, I've got one. Hold on, let me let me look it up. So, uh, 
Kendra. This, oh, Kendra. Kendra has a question. And so um, I know most of you, let's see, have started a business, broke away on the podcast, you know, starting, you've started a lot of new things, arguably exciting. Uh, you're doing great. You all seem happy. Did you ever have a feeling of doubt? Um, you know, if so, how did you overcome it just to see through it? So um, to see the bigger picture, I guess. So Grace quit her job uh, to go to school, uh, to start a new career. And, you know, maybe after seeing this for like 36 months or so, I guess it's a program that's going to last 36 months. Sounds like maybe like a nursing program or maybe an IT program. But um, she wants to advance in her career. And it's super hard. It's super long, super difficult. And a lot of times she's afraid, uh, afraid I won't be enough, uh, like I won't make it. Um, so dumb. I almost feel guilty for it because it's hard to get into. Super selective. She got it on her, on her first try. I'm young. I know I'm smart, but sometimes I have this self doubt that um, is hard to ignore. So uh, a lot to unpack there. But I would say, Kendra, the like first and foremost, you talk to any one of us that have ever, has ever ventured out into something, there's going to be doubts. Like I am now three years into my like my journey of like entrepreneurship, um, and I have doubts damn near every day. Now some don't, most don't last that long. Um, and some I, I'm able to just brush off, but doubts are just part of the game. Uh, you know, I, I think um, it's a fear that's a good type of fear. You know what I mean? It's a stress that it puts on yourself that kind of lights a fire under your ass to continually do better. And I don't necessarily know if that's always the healthiest thing, but if I've always noticed if you go into something way overly confident on something, like a lot of times, I don't think you're going to do as well as you think you do, right? If you go in, and you have a little bit of that fear, a little bit of that like small anxiety that's going to, I think that's in turn going to push you to do better and to come out a lot stronger. I, I love that. It's a good question by Kendra. And what, one of the things that I want to say on that is this is the entirety perspective and channel capacity. This is exactly it. Someone looks at the big picture of where am I going to be at the end of 36 months or here's here's the type of business that I want to build. I want to build a $10 million region in St. Louis. Like yours may be to have, I want to have three companies that are doing over X amount of dollars in revenue on a yearly on a yearly basis. And they look at that and it's like, well, yeah, there's so much that goes into that. No one's just going to achieve that. There's, there's a lot of different things that have to happen. And we only have so much capacity to take on certain things. So it's the it's the ask and chop method. Ask yourself, all right, what's the first thing that I have to do to get to a $10 million region to get to this many companies doing this much revenue and chopping that down into the smallest piece that you can and figure out what you have to do first. Because yeah. whenever I whenever I took this promotion, my it was like, all right, I have all these different things that I have to knock out and there's so much that goes into this and I want to build this to $10 million. How do I, how do, I do that? And I had to make break it down into these tiny little pieces. So for someone, anyone who's thinking about what their big goal is, no matter how big it is, like shoot, maybe you want to go to space like Jeff Bezos did. Like you have to chop that down into the tiniest piece that you can and accomplish those little things first so you can get to your big ass goal. Yeah, I think the fear and anxiety it almost piggybacks off what, what Bob said. It, it a lot of times comes when you encounter things that you're not expecting to encounter, which is you, you're going to happen. Right, like it's inevitable for anything that you do that's going to push yourself. So I think that comes from that, but I think it goes again along with what Bob is saying is 
just take it one piece at a time. And it's so much fucking, it's so fucking cliche and it's so easier said than done because a lot of times I'm fucking horrible at that. Like I am a perfectionist on a lot of areas. And so if I can't fix everything right away and don't know the answer, it's like I start to freak out. But then I start to put my head down and I start to say, okay, what's the one thing that's going to move me forward on this? And then start to do some research behind it and start to, uh, again, dissect each piece and start to do work, right? And just start going. And then you start to become more innovative and you know, neurotransmitters start connecting uh, and they start firing together. And then all of a sudden it becomes ingrained in you like, okay, this is the way to do things, right? Um, so yeah, I think it's just take it one one step at a time, as fucking like cliche as that sounds, but it's there's a reason for cliches. Well, that's where people get stuck is they they want to be a perfectionist, and no fault to anyone who wants to be a perfectionist, but sometimes done is better than um, trying to do something perfectly and waiting until to send the perfect email right to that client to that recruit, yep. something like that, versus just getting it the fuck out there. Now, make probably make sure your grammar's right and everything like that. But the idea is like people try to craft a, an incredible email or something like that versus just putting something out. And dude, I'm guilty of it all the time. Yep. Um, it's something that we all have to work on. So I love it. Yep. Uh, so that's all we have for today. Uh, we appreciate you all listening. Uh, one last announcement. We do have a, a, our first event, professional development event, coming up September 15th. More info for that to come. Uh, shoot us a DM on Instagram or shoot us an email if you want uh, if you want some like advanced information about it before we start talking about it on the podcast and promoting it. But we, uh, we encourage you to bring a friend and, uh, and come out and meet us. And, and hopefully we'll start to cultivate a group of people that are trying to get better. We appreciate you guys. See ya. Deuces.